My name is Sarah Inglis, and I'm a certified integrative health coach. I help people thrive in their bodies and reclaim the help they've always wanted. Each week, I interview people who have a passion for health. You'll hear from health experts, farmers, herbalists, doctors, chefs, and many more. My hope is that they'll inspire us all to tune into our gut and notice how lifestyle and food impact us. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Carissa Wills DeMello, a trained Western herbalist and the co-founder and CEO of Town Farm Tonics. Her passion for developing herbal tonics grows from her belief that our health is in our hands. Through years of test batches of locally inspired and thoughtfully sourced herbs, she's developed tonics that not only promote health, but are delicious and safe for both children and adults. Welcome, Carissa. It's so great to see you. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. Oh, I'm so glad. I know you have a super busy schedule, and so I'm so glad that um, we were able to find a common time to talk about what you're doing with herbalism. So, I'm, I mean, just to start off with, what was your inspiration to become an herbalist and, and start um, mm. Town Farm Tonics? I, maybe that's that's a huge question. I don't know. Yeah, but. well, um, I think that little seed of wanting to um, support people and being healthy and whole was just kind of something I was born with. I always had that desire to go into some kind of healing profession. Even Mm. when I was very small, I had big plans to be an oncologist when I was like seven years old. Um, I was always taking care of my siblings and my family members and, um, my grandfather, who was really my person, um, he got really sick when I was eight. He got cancer and ultimately passed away. But it was through that process of really being by his side and taking care of him that I really became clear that I loved doing work that helped people. Um, mm-hmm. But it actually really made me not be so interested in being a doctor or going into that world of health because it didn't seem so root cause. And even at a young age, I realized like being in a hospital and taking care of sick people isn't what I want to do. I want to be helping people be healthy in the first place. So as I got older and got into college, I studied sociology and became really interested in public health and more society level um, implications, like what makes someone healthy or what makes someone not healthy just based on where they live or what they have access to. And that interest really led me to- Oh, wow. That's so, excuse me. I just have to say, this is so interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. I always feel like I have to tell the whole story. Yeah, Yeah, because it's very, kind of went, went around in a big circle where I started out being interested in kind of one-on-one healing, like what you do, working with Mm -hmm. individuals, helping them figure out like what choices will support their their Mm -hmm. health and healing. Um, And then I thought, no, 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 it's like big picture policy change that will make, you know, help people be healthier. And that led me to join the Peace Corps just to see how to other places in the world live. Um, So you were looking at the big policy, you decided that you were more interested in the big picture policy. Oh, I can so relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. So then you think like, that's really the leverage point to really see big change. 
um, until I was in the Peace Corps and really just enjoyed living that slow paced village life and working with smaller groups, working with the women's group. And I was doing health education in my village in Fiji, um, working in the schools and doing classes, working one on one with the community nurse. And through that, I kind of scaled back and realized I actually really just like working with people. Mm-hmm. And it was during that time of living in Fiji that the uh, spark was lit with herbalism. Oh, so did they use herbalism in Fiji? Were you used it as a matter of, you know, daily life? Yeah, um, they still really lean on their traditional herbal remedies and just knowledge of the plants that grow around them Mm -hmm. so much so that I never even really heard herbalism described as a thing that was separate from nutrition or everyday life just using Mm. plants and healing ways was just fully infused in everyday life which I found so inspiring and just filled me with so many questions like how do I not know this about the place that I live? And I really had no awareness of healing plants. Realizing how connected they were to their environment, right? Mm -hmm. To their, yeah, not only that, but also how to use these plants. You know, that was just, everybody knew how to do it. I mean, is that what Mm -hmm. you're saying? It it was, yeah. Yeah, it was just part of everyday life, like knowing what, what tree bark was good for something, or maybe that same tree, the leaves were good for something else um, Mm -hmm. and different ways of using them. Like maybe you infuse the leaf and it does this, you ferment the leaf and it does that. It was really inspiring. And it's also the same everywhere around the world. It's just whether the dominant culture remembers it or not. Right. So, so that brings me to Fiji's in the Pacific, but that brings me to a question because You know, I think a lot of us think of um, herbs, we connect them maybe with Eastern medicine, you know, Chinese medicine in particular. I think a lot of people have been exposed to, may have even taken some herbal supplements, Chinese. So what is, because your training's in Western herbalism. So what is the difference between Western herbalism and Eastern? Is it just geography or is it Well, the the basic difference is um, historical, like where the teachings, yeah, geographically where they came from. So Eastern herbalism, there's a strong tradition of traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, those are Eastern herbalism practices. And then Western herbalism comes from the the, um, traditions of Europe and then those traditions that came to America and were further developed um, here in the Americas. Huh. So interesting because I have to be frank with you. You know, I just don't hear that term. I mean, that isn't that interesting that yeah. uh, you hear the term more Eastern herbalism more than Western. So well, it's, um, it's a new thing and it's not a new thing in America, but it's a reawakening practice in America for a lot of reasons that might need a whole podcast behind it as okay. to why herbalism was suppressed part two. <laughs> in America for so long. Um, but herbalism is still a really strong, widely um, used and normalized practice in Europe. Like even doctors integrate herbalism into their primary care. Mm-hmm. Um, here in America, it just was, hasn't been that way for a long time. So I think that's why people haven't heard of it. But there is definitely a difference. Like Eastern, um, the traditions from the Eastern part of the world really have more of an energetic basis to them. Whereas also Western herbalism has more of a scientific 
backing to it. Um, it's more about plant compounds and constituents. So there's definitely a different way of practicing herbalism. Oh, interesting. So that led you to study herbalism, right? And then what moved you then once you were, uh, became, I don't know, what do you call it? A practitioner of herbalism or? Yeah, um, or an herbalist. An herbalist. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, you. or an herbal <laughs> practitioner. An herbalist <laughs> to start, you know, your company. Well, um, so I was studying, I went through a three-year program in Providence at Pharmacy Herbs, mm -hmm. and um, that culminated in doing a clinical residency at the Sage Healing Collaborative in East Providence. So I was doing a lot of consultations one-on-one -on -one with people, and I was doing a lot of formulation there. So people would come in with common needs like supporting their nervous system so they could get better sleep or supporting mm -hmm. their digestive system so they could you know, eat and not feel discomfort, all these things that are pretty common. And mm -hmm. I found myself making products or making formulations for people that fell into a lot of the similar categories of like digestive support, nervous system support, energy. And I thought, oh, so there's like, there's some pretty common threads of what people need. So I started making sort of base formulations and sharing them with my family and friends. Um, mm -hmm. The first thing I remember was um, my fiance Adam and I made a snooze tea blend for all of our family for Christmas because we thought if there's one thing all our people need it's better sleep <laughs> and um, and everyone loved it and we shared it with some friends and they loved it and then encouraged me to join a, a like a holiday market that winter and I made a bunch oh. of teas for that holiday market at a local yoga studio and it just mm -hmm. took off from there. Oh, that's fabulous. Wow. I see your products. They're all over the place in local markets, right? Mm -hmm. So um, how do you source your, you know, where you get all your herbs and mm -hmm. weeds from? Yeah. So right now we're sourcing bulk herbs, um, mainly from a couple big purveyors here in America that source directly from farmers, both in America and abroad. So mm -hmm. we're, we're basically sourcing the best that we can right now, which is mm -hmm. organic herbs grown sustainably. But those herbs could be grown anywhere from Massachusetts to Oregon to the Ukraine to Egypt. Mm -hmm. the, um, medicinal herbs are grown all over the world, really. And actually only 5% of the medicinal herbs used in America are grown in America. It's a very tiny and growing market. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so that is, that's really interesting. Why do yeah. you think that is? I think it mirrors the fact that herbalism was suppressed in America for a long time. Natural mm -hmm. healing was not part of our daily life anymore for mm -hmm. many generations. Yeah. I mean, a, a good example is uh, I have a daughter who lives in London and, you know, mm -hmm. you go to a pharmacy there and you can, I mean, the pharmacist is well-versed in in homeopathy and, right. and uh, I even noticed in a film that I watched that was I think it was a British film but um, uh, it just shows the mother oh you need some el elderberry syrup I, mm -hmm. I mean it was just like yeah yeah of course it wasn't you know that was just <laughs> oh, you're it was, chicken soup <laughs> yeah like chicken soup yeah right. 
<laughs> yeah. So I think that's, um, it's something that's waking back up again in our culture. And so the good, the hard side of that is that when you're a small business trying to make a product that aligns with your values, but also is affordable to people, you fall in a really weird oh. middle place. Cause if we were to be sourcing all directly from, um, local farms or regional farms, really, because there's not much for local herb farms um, regionally and like having all biodegradable packaging and all these things that me and my heart is so important. Mm -hmm. Really, no one around here would be able to afford our products. It would be mm -hmm. so inaccessible. And as an herbalist, accessibility to me comes first. I want people to be able to afford the products they need to be healthy. Mm -hmm. So that's first. And from there, we made the best choices we could to make an affordable product. Um, so that meant, you know, sourcing organic herbs from these big purveyors while then always having a plan and a vision that once we're, we've proved to ourselves that we have a viable business, well, now we're saving up our money to go invest in growing our own herbs and investing in local farmers to grow as well. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, that sounds like you really <laughs> you do have a vision and I'm sure, I mean, you're making great strides uh, towards it, it sounds like, because didn't you tell me that you, you're you bringing on board a bunch of interns? I'm starting two you? interns this week. Well, that's good. That must mean that you're busy enough, right? <laughs> to... Yeah. Yeah. For over 25 years, I was a teacher, and one of my greatest joys in life is seeing people light up when they have an aha moment. It is pure magic. I've now combined teaching with my knowledge of health into live workshops. I teach throughout the country about gut health and how to transform your health. If you'd like to know when I'll be in your city, subscribe to my newsletter in the description of this podcast. Do you get, so do you get your help from where you were trained from the, in Providence or? How do you um, find, yeah. Like help for production and all yeah, of that? Yeah, for production and, yeah. Well, up until about a year ago, it was just me and my fiance, Adam, pulling some really long kitchen days. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, we can do it. We're just in there longer. And when you're cooking in these big commercial kettles, we can make bigger batches of elderberry syrup than we could in our kitchen. So we mm -hmm. can be more efficient. Um, mm -hmm. But for help, it's really been our family at this point. Adam's mom and her best friend and Adam's aunt and my mom, they just show up and help us so much in the kitchen with deliveries, with labeling. So we're really lucky to have um, a good inner family circle that's really supportive while we can't afford to pay people yet. And um, mm -hmm. we're getting there soon. In the next year, we'll mm -hmm. definitely be able to hire some employees. Oh, that's great, though. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. So it really is a family business. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> family is. Family and local. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so your products are, are, right? And tell me if I'm leaving something out, are teas, tonics, and syrups. So, yeah, so go ahead. Well, the, so they're all tonics actually. And that's a little oh, bit of a learning okay. curve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not alone. A lot of people don't understand what that is, but I'm still holding fast to that concept. And I put it in our name for a reason because uh -huh. um, the concept of a tonic, at least in Western herbalism, tonic comes from the root of um, the Latin root tone. So to strengthen. Oh, sure. Um, so a tonic is strengthening your natural body functions. 
So you could have a tonic for your nervous system, a tonic for your digestive system. Um, so we're, we're producing herbal products that you can enjoy daily and by enjoying them daily, they're basically strengthening your, your body. They're supporting your health. Mm. Oh, that's great. And that certainly goes along with Hippocrates. Food is thy medicine. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. So I, I, I have, a, this is a small question about the making the tea or the tonic. If you use a tea as a tonic. I noticed when I'm trying this one, the digestion, I'm sampling all of them, that um, I think on your website, you say, oh, your um, preference is to use a French press. Is that right? Yeah, you did. Um, So, which I have up until now, I have not tried yet, but that's a great idea. So you could use that either for making the tea or creating the tonic out of the tea. So, um, yeah, so making your tea, so you have your loose leaf herbal tea blend. You right. could use that in just a really um, like informal fun way, make yourself a cup of tea whenever you want, just like you would with mm-hmm. a tea bag. You don't have to be too scientific about it. Right. But if okay. you want to take that tea and use it in a really intentional way as mm-hmm. a tonic, as in like supporting your health and wellness, mm-hmm. then you'll want to brew it with more herbs and brew it stronger and longer. So you're getting more of the medicinal compounds out of those plants. Oh, okay. So that's right. why I suggest a French press because that's when you use the French press yeah. okay. or a that jar, because then the herbs can move around in the hot water and you're really able to infuse that water well with all of the medicinal compounds. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I just used a little teapot, you know, with the, the mesh thing that goes. Yeah. Of it. So, oh, I, that meant, yeah, which worked well, but I yeah. can see how swimming around would give them more contact with the water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, plants are living beings, you know, just because they're dried, they still have that, um, that vitality in them that I think that's really, to me, what's so special about herbalism. It's us as humans working with other sentient beings and really like learning from them. And I think, um, you know, when you're allowing them to move in the water, like you also let them kind of come alive again, as opposed to just like binding them in a little tea ball or tea bag. Mm hmm. That's, oh, that, oh, that's so interesting that you say that because I mean, sometimes when I, I've bought, let's say like actually last night, I took out a head of kale and it was Mm -hmm. starting to look, you know, a little wilted. And as soon as you put it in a pan of, you know, water, it plumps right back Mm -hmm. up. Right. Mm -hmm. So, huh. Well, that's obviously what's how I just never thought about herbs. That's Water what, and that is what happens. They expand and and yeah. so and they retain the energy. Well, that's a whole nother topic, Carissa, that we could cover <laughs> another time, and that's about food energetics. Yeah. Right. Anyway, but <laughs> so so they still retain those properties somehow, you know, even yeah. as a dried plant, they're not really dead. Right. And I think that's the power of herbalism that really makes me super passionate about it and about connecting people to really accessible herbal products like elderberry syrup or fire cider or teas, because, um, there's room for both modern medicine or allopathy and herbal medicine. They can go hand in hand. It's not one or the other. Um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, modern medicine, we need that when we're sick, when we're injured, you know, when you're kind of on your last lifeline, like you need Mm -hmm. that heroic medicine. But herbalism is really like feeding you from the inside out. It's, it's teaching our bodies how to be healthy and vital again. Right. So it's maintaining your health too. Yeah. 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 Um, So I guess that's why you say and your website that they're really meant to be used, right? Philosophically used on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. Promote that health. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also scientific too. Like when you're like, imagine the comparison of if you're trying to build muscle in your arms and Mm -hmm. you're going to lift weights as much as you can, right? You're going to probably lift Mm -hmm. them every day to get strong arms. You can't lift weights once a week and think you'll get strong. It's the Mm -hmm. same with herbs. Like if you're trying to strengthen your digestive system, you want to be consuming those herbs for your system every day so that it can do the work. Right. That makes sense. So for people who may have been prescribed, that brings me to the thought of the Mm -hmm. people who have been described, you know, uh, prescription medicine by their physician. Do would you advise them to consult with their physician before taking any of these? Yeah, any of yeah, always, always, always. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a physician. I'm not specifically trained in herb drug interactions. Um, mm-hmm. Through my herbal education, that's definitely a consideration. When I do consultations, I have a lot of resources, and I'm always thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I use herbs in our products that have very few, if any, common interactions. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of herbs out there that you need to be more careful about. That's not typically what I'm using. I'm using plants that most people are already familiar with and using in their cooking or see in their backyard. Um, but always talk to your doctor before you start something new, Mm -hmm. because sometimes it could be something as simple as like this really nutritious nettles in your tea has a light of a lot of vitamin K and you're on a blood thinner. So maybe don't drink that right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, that's good to know. So, oh, right. So you give consultations in addition to running this, creating these products. Does the person who comes for a consultation have to complete some kind of health form or Mm -hmm. how how does that work? Yeah, I love doing consultations because sometimes as a business owner, I do a lot of this screen time. I don't get to Mm -hmm work with people one-on-one or with the plants every day. So Mm -hmm. consultations is a nice way to stay in touch with why I get into herbalism in the first place. Mm -hmm. And um, that starts with someone filling out a pretty in-depth health intake form just to get a sense of what their goals and needs are. And Mm -hmm. I take a look at that beforehand and then just use it as a basis for our conversation in the intake, which is probably similar to what you do as a health coach. It's like an hour and a half of just talking over like, what are you looking for? And then at the end of that, I come up with an herbal protocol, which could be a variety of herbal herbal remedies that they'll continue mm-hmm. using. Oh, that's that's great. So then do they have a follow-up session or that's dependent upon the client or? Yeah, I always do at least one follow-up session, which is included in that um, initial consult fee. To me, I can't just give someone a protocol and then expect them to use it like they might have questions or have an issue. So one follow up is is uh, required, really. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's that's great. So you do those in uh, person in person or over Zoom or. 
both. I used to do them all in person, especially when I was working at that clinic in East Providence. Um, I was Mm -hmm. there weekly doing them in person. I've done some in person at home. Now, because of COVID, people are so Mm -hmm. used to doing Zoom that they kind of even like not having to drive out somewhere. But um, I'm hoping this summer I can do more in person because that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. You do get to know a person better in person. Yeah. Yeah, You see so much like they're just the way they carry themselves and express themselves. It it tells you a lot when you're doing this kind of work. Um, So if there, what do you find is the biggest question that um, either maybe markets have when you're trying to go into a new market and say, Hey, would you be interested in, Definitely. Where do I put this <laughs> space? Of course. Yeah. Like, like it's what we're making is kind of, it's in the middle. It's not a supplement right now. We don't have any health claims on there. Um, we don't um, have any health instructions. It's just basically, it's an herbal product that we expect people see elderberry syrup and are able to connect to what it is through maybe what they already know or doing some research Um, because becoming a supplement is a really expensive and long process that we're not ready to do right now. Mm -hmm. So we have no health claims on there. So people aren't sure, like, do I put it in my health and wellness section or do I put it maybe in um, where the vinegars and dressings are or with snacks? So that's a big one. (laughs) Or we're... Or I guess they're usually refrigerated, so it'd be different. But no. where the herbs are, it would seem like it would be make sense to just have them where the herbs are. You're, you're buying your basil, rosemary, whatever, tarragon, right? Yeah. And that would be cool. That would be cool if they could figure that out. Yeah. So most most stores do have a health and wellness section, and that's where our products end up because people who are looking for elderberry syrup or fire cider go to that section. Our teas are carried in much fewer retailers because there's more of an educational curve to using loose leaf teas. Mm -hmm. So I let stores who know they have a customer base who's looking for those come to us. And if someone wants them, I'm so excited to share it with them, but I'm not out um, like pushing those sales. Oh, okay. That, that makes sense. Um, What, so what about the fire tonic? What is that? Yeah. So by, have you tried it yet? I have not, but I'm going to go out and get a bottle. I'm a, I'm, I know. I'm going to get you some. I give a very simple version of that to make your own, but cool. not, as, not as tasty as yours. That's why I'm dying. And not everybody wants to make their own. Any, I mean, not with herbs in it. It's not. It's just a, you know, vinegar, lemon tonic. Totally. Uh, it's a very similar premise, right? And yeah. um. So I'm thinking, oh, this would be so great for the clients who, number one, don't want to even make it. And yeah, just take a tablespoon. And Yeah. Yeah. So fire cider, it's, um, it's a traditional herbal recipe. I did not make up fire cider. Um, mm-hmm. Some, it was really Rosemary Gladstar, who's a famous American herbalist who really brought it more into, um, became more of a common thing that more people knew about um Mm -hmm. but she didn't even make it up either it's something people have been making for a long time and it's essentially just apple cider vinegar infused with pungent and spicy herbs and vegetables and then that's steeped and then mixed with honey so it's like sweet tangy sour um spicy you typically people take spoonfuls of it to clear up a stuffy nose or support their digestive system Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Oh, but I, I can run out and buy a bottle. Yeah, Sounds it's so good. <laughs> so good. And what about the elderberry syrup? Um, like what is it or just more? Yeah, what is it? What is it? Why would yeah. somebody, yeah, what is it? And why would somebody be interested in yeah, so elderberry syrup is also another traditional herbal recipe. Um, every herbalist is going to have their own spin on both of these products. I, I love having conversations at markets where people, a lot of herbalists will come up and look at the bottle and be like, oh, that's cool. Like I put XYZ in my mind and you put that. It's, uh-huh. it's fun to see how everyone makes theirs. Um, right. Ours, so, but elderberry syrup is used traditionally for immune support. There's a lot of really great scientific information out there now showing just how elderberries support our immune system function. And it backs up all these thousands of years of experiential um, stories that elderberries are these really protective plants. Is there uh, one institution or group that seems to be, has done the scientific research or is it from, you know, doctors or scientists all over the world? Yeah, there's a lot of doctors and scientists all over the world doing herbal research. Um, unfortunately, there's not there's not a ton of research on all the plants. There's you can find research on certain plants depending on really can it be made into a product that can be sold or or kind of like trademarked or whatever. It's mm-hmm. kind of science follows where the money's at. So mm-hmm. there's not a bunch of really good research on all the plants, but a plant like elderberry that's getting a lot of attention has a, a good amount of uh, research out there. A lot of research coming from Europe, also Asia, a lot of um, Chinese researchers because they have such a strong history of traditional Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. You can find some good research out there on, on those. So maybe eventually in the United States too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Um, there's, and you can find research online pretty easily by doing Google searches. I think it's the, um, PubMed, like any kind of health journal, you can look up plants and find Mm -hmm. articles. Mm -hmm. And then I think, um, the American Herbalist Guild has a lot of good links on their website to help people, um, find resources like that. Yeah, because I think lots of times, you know, people are much better informed right now about their health than they, I think they were 30 years ago because, mm-hmm. well, for no other reason, because of the internet, it's it's so mm-hmm. much easier as long as you can trust, of course, the source of the information. But right. I think of when I first got involved in, in wanting to, well, it was called integrative, I guess, medicine back then. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I had to go find books, you know, go to bookstores and just, (laughs) but now it's so much easier to get information. Um, Yeah, it makes it easier to share information too, as someone who does this work. Like when I'm sending a client a protocol, I can add 10 links into that email and say like, check this out if you want to learn more about this plant that I'm suggesting for you. And read this if you're interested in doing that elimination diet I mentioned. It's Mm -hmm. so empowering. Mm, that's great. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to share? There is one, one thing that you'd like people to know about your vision or herbalism or. Yeah, I think um, what really keeps me going every day is just hearing 
hearing stories of people who use our products and then it sort of opens a door for them into taking better care of themselves. Mm. Like, oh, I started using elderberry every morning and my immune system feels stronger. So now I'm trying a plant-based diet. Um, And just knowing that our health is in our hands, that's really like our business slogan or motto or kind of just like our inspirational phrase is like, just remembering health is in our hands as humans. There are tools that are right at our fingertips. They're accessible, they're affordable. And it's not just things that we make. There's so many things out there. But for me, I do this because I want our products to just open that door for people to feel like they can start taking better care of themselves and they have the tools they need to do that. Oh, that's that's beautifully said, and, and and such a delicious way to do it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pleasant. Fun. It doesn't require. It's you've made it for us, so it's totally. like it. It makes it fun to experiment and see what you like too. That's even more of the thing is that how you know doing these doing these things for our health, like eating better or using herbal products. You don't have to choke down nasty food or supplements anymore. Like there's mm-hmm. ways to make it really fun and feel and taste really good. So yeah, have fun with it. Well, I'm going to have fun with it this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Carissa. And I look forward to to meeting again either in person or or on Zoom. (laughs) I hope so. Yeah, thank you so much for your time, Sarah, and for your thoughtful questions and also for your support of my business. It means a lot. Oh, no, I think it's wonderful. And everybody I've shared it with agrees too. So Uh best of luck to you and thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Same to you. Thanks for listening to Sarah Shares. In addition to hosting this podcast, I'm a holistic health coach. To learn more, visit my website, empoweredhealthyliving.org and look for me, Sarah, Empowered Healthy Living on Facebook and Instagram. I'd love to hear from you.